Hello everyone, my name is Lino Farah, the host of Crib Wolf Talks. Welcome back to our program. Throughout the year, Crib Wolf Talks spotlights entities that are committed to addressing the critical need for safe, accessible, supportive housing, and deeply affordable supportive housing for persons within our vulnerable population. In addition to the discussing the housing crisis, our program is also a platform to individuals and organizations wishing to showcase their social services and essentially share with our viewers the extremely important services they provide to members of our vulnerable population. For example, support services, employment training and sourcing, wellness issues, mental health, inclusivity, and community engagement. On today's episode, I've invited Sean Ferris, who is the CEO of Habitat for Humanity, Hamilton. Here are some basic touch points about Habitat for Humanity. It's an international organization founded in 1976 and has now grown to become a global nonprofit organization working with more than 70 countries serving 1.6 billion people in need of safe housing. It's very impressive, right? Habitat for Humanity Canada was founded in 1985. Habitat for Humanity Hamilton was founded in 1991 by a group of volunteers passionate about bringing the Habitat for Humanity mission to the Hamilton region. Sean, welcome to our program. Nice Thank to you. have you here today. I thought I read your uh, mission statement on uh, your website uh, and uh, it reads to bring communities together to help families build strength, stability and self-reliance through shelter. Can you elaborate on the role of the Habitat for Humanity in our communities? Absolutely. Habitat for Humanity plays in the affordable home ownership space, which is uh, a relatively underserved uh, element of the housing continuum. And uh, so what we do is we focus on building and providing affordable home ownership opportunities to members of the community. But moreover, uh, it's about how we engage the community in that. So it's right. bringing communities together. So we employ volunteers as well as community partners in order to make uh, our mission put into action. All right. So uh, let's talk about qualifying for a habitat ownership. Um, can you walk us through the qualifying or the selection process? Absolutely. So there's three main components. One is financial, and that's the ability to pay mm -hmm. an affordable mortgage. Mm -hmm. In part of that is uh, an ability to pay all the utilities and, and uh, prepare for the home repairs that you'll have down the road. So everything that a homeowner needs to be able to afford today and in the future. The second is need. You need to have uh, what uh, CMHC would refer to as core housing need. So being in unsuitable or unfit or unaffordable conditions today. And then finally, you need to, uh, to have a willingness to partner. And so really that means, you know, being a good uh, ambassador of Habitat and making sure that you follow through on your commitments to Habitat with respect to paying mortgages and so on. Oh, pretty cool. So I would expect that the number of families applying for Habitat for Humanity's home is significant. Um, does the need outweigh the, ser the services that the Habitat for Humanity can provide? There is a tremendous need and there's no one service provider that can solve the affordable housing crisis. It takes many actors and many agencies in various roles to each provide their own solutions to chip away at the uh, affordable housing crisis. Uh, in, in our case, um, I would say that we will never be able to, uh, to solve the, uh, the, the problem by ourselves. We need partners and other agencies to, to support us. So, you know, the supply is less than uh, the need is much greater. So how do you manage the, the great numbers of individuals applying for, you know, a home? It's a good question, I would say. 
as an individual, as yes. a human being, right. I need to understand that we can't solve the problem for everyone and find satisfaction in those that we can work with um, and can deliver affordable housing solutions. As an organization, we need to manage the influx of those applications. So we don't always have expressions of interest or application processes open to the general public. We wait until such a time as we're getting ready for a build to execute on that. Interesting. So, you know, in, in, in my world, I have a son with special needs and, you know, uh, you know people with developmental disabilities are on huge wait lists, as everyone knows, uh, uh, here in Ontario, uh, provincial wait lists. So someone with de developmental disabilities could wait up, you know, they say 40 years, which is kind of ridiculous, but it is what we're faced with right now. So what is a time frame or the, you know, the wait list for, you, for Habitat for Humanity? Do you, do you track that? Is there any way of knowing how many people are... So specific and, to Habitat... And how long would it be, if, you know, based on the numbers? Specific to Habitat, um, we do not carry a wait list. And the okay. reason being is that um, we don't want to build hope in an applicant that will be able to deliver on something and mm -hmm. encourage them to, to make a choice to avoid another opportunity or forego another opportunity in the expectation that they'd be able to, to acquire a Habitat home. So um, the other piece of it is that people's situation changes, their income changes, you know, their family composition changes, and, and there's various economic variables that would also lead to changes in our policy and so on. So we don't want to have a protracted wait list wherein we've uh, made a commitment to an applicant that we won't be able to deliver upon. That makes sense. That makes sense. So, so understanding the complexities, I mean, physical and emotional of the families needing a safe home. Are there limitations to what type of uh, home, the size of the home that Habitat for Humanity can build for them? Typically, we would build a, a three to four bedroom home. Um, that's what we've done. We've built as many as uh, six bedrooms for mm -hmm. a specific mm -hmm. family. Okay. Um, and we are working towards builds where we're accommodating um, just uh, one, one individual. So, you know, we are in a housing crisis. We are looking to expand our service offerings and find other ways to, to serve the community. Uh, that's with new mortgage models, with focusing on critical repairs. But in terms of the home builds, we need to deliver on um, occupancy standards, right? So we wouldn't want to move a family of six into a two-bedroom home because that's really not serving them. That's creating another problem, right? So uh, what we do is we try to find the families that are the best fit for what we're building or build to suit a specific family wherever we can. So we're talking about range of type of homes. Is that, uh, is that a townhouse? Are you restricted to a detached or a bungalow? I mean, the cost of building is right. uh, much, you know, it varies depending on what you build, right? So what is, what is the model that you're particularly, uh, you know, going, what's the route that you normally do? Is you look at townhomes or? Townhomes are uh, what we're building the most right now, semi-detached. Really, the question comes down to when we have a lot, mm -hmm. how many homes can we fit on it, sure. right? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we uh, were currently working on a house in the, in the beach community, and we looked at it and we said, we think we can do two, right? And we look, need to look at uh, different implications of tenure. So, exam for example, is it uh, regular home ownership or is it a condo, right? So that factors in as well. But we're really pushing towards density, so we're trying to figure out how to best build up 
And as you know, we're building with volunteers and with students. And so it's how do you manage all of the complexities of a bill driving density, but still maintaining quality and safety and everything else. Interesting. So when I was researching Habitat for Humanity, um, clearly laid out there are three components to a build. The expertise, the labor, and the material costs are all significant, right? So how do you, how do you manage these three components? the labor, the material costs. I know, I know that uh, the, where I'm going with is the labor is ex, you know, professional expertise, but a lot of volunteers too, right? Because I have you know, colleagues that have volunteered to go on a house that's being built somewhere, you know? And um, so how do you manage those three components? Uh, so starting out with the, uh, the expertise piece, mm -hmm. we have a staff of professional home builders um, in various capacities. In addition, they employ uh, the services of consultants and professional contractors. That's where the majority of our expertise comes from. But in addition to that, uh, we have volunteers who come onto our site and bring expertise. So general volunteers, people who've worked with, with us in the past in various capacities. We also work with the Ontario Youth Apprenticeship Program. So we have teachers who are skilled in the trades, who train students. Um, they come on our sites as well, so they bring expertise as well as that labor component, mm -hmm. right? So labor, again, is those, those same groups, staff, contractors, consultants, volunteers, uh, students and teachers. And then finally, the materials piece, wherever we can, we seek to get a, a donation of materials or, or, or labor. We call it gift in kind. And uh, uh, that can be a tremendous benefit, you know, uh, both speeding up the process to, to build, um, but uh, also decreasing the cost. The fact of the matter is we cannot fundraise for an entire build from end to end. These homes don't come for free. Mm -hmm. There's things that we can never get for free. Um, some things we can never even get a discount on. So we, it would not be possible to build these homes without uh, active fundraising and a great team uh, to bring in the funds to, to pay the bills. Um, as well as our restore. We have a social enterprise which generates funds. So, you know, every dollar donated can go directly towards building homes and surplus revenues from our restore can also go to help build homes as well. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, I know that my wife uh, was a clinical director of uh, Teleflex and her and her colleagues went on, a, on a, uh, one of the, your projects and she came back, she was totally, I mean, it was so gratifying, she said. Well, the experience was wonderful, right? And it, so that's great that people step up, you know, and, and provide uh, the labor component working with, I would assume, the experts, the expertise, the electricians, the plumbers, and the carpenters on the job, right? So it must be a wonderful experience. Uh, and you're doing a great thing, right, so at the same time. So Hamilton, uh, I guess Habitat for Hamilton, Habitat for Humanity, Hamilton has active bills being constructed right now, I understand. Uh, can you tell us about your projects that you have ongoing as we speak today or maybe yes, recently yes. completed? Or? I would love to. So we have 12 new home builds going on. Mm -hmm. uh, there's five on Sherman Avenue North in oh, Hamilton. Yeah. Um, so those are uh, two to four bedroom narrow towns, um, you know, two stories with a basement. And uh, those are the ones that our OYAP students are actively working on uh, together. We are also kicking off uh, a new build um, shortly with New Horizons Development Group. They have offered to come out and offer their services and their their friends and, and trades to build a duplex in the beach community. That's a slab on grade two story um, for, uh, I, I believe it's four bedrooms per unit. And then we're also working on uh, five towns, uh, our first five on uh, Six Nations lands um, in partnership with Six Nations Housing, but as well as with, uh, in partnership of, with our neighboring affiliate, Habitat for Humanity Heartland. 
And so that's five more towns. These ones are a little bit more sophisticated. They have uh, basements, um, they have uh, garages, and they range anywhere from one, two to three bedroom units. So in terms of new home builds, that's what we have going on. But further to that, we are in the critical repairs uh, space as well. So mm -hmm. this year we plan to repair 12 vacant homes in partnership with City Housing and bring them back online so that they can be occupied because right now they're vacant. Um, and as well do general repairs to people's homes so that they can have that strength and stability in, in a home that they own, but they can't afford to upkeep necessarily. Interesting. So uh, I understand also that you're planning uh, to build a 65 unit uh, at Pier 8 Hamilton? A large, that's a large project. Is that one of the first of the larger projects you've done or you've done several of these or is this, you know, can you tell us about that, this project? I wish I could take credit and say it's in a completely uh, habitat build. Um, it's all about partnerships. Yes. So, uh, you know, it, it began, I, I, I believe, in the States when, uh, where, you know, land is harder to come by in major urban centers. Um, it's been executed on in Habitat GTA and various other, um, you know, larger affiliates. But really what it comes down to is a partnership with the Consortium of Developers, nice. referred to as uh, Waterfront Shores. Um, they have committed to provide 5% uh, of their uh, space as affordable and they're working directly with us to, uh, to deliver on that. So we're putting in place special mortgage models so that we can execute on it and we'll be looking for very specific types of applicants that would be an appropriate fit for that sort of build. Great story. So you mentioned mortgage. So I my next question, I want to get into that. So I, I was reading about the affordable ownership, specifically the monthly mortgage payments cannot exceed the 30% threshold, right? So of, of the gross household income, am I correct? That's correct. Uh, this is incredible, understanding today's volatile interest rates. So I just wanted to ask you, uh, how, how do you manage to, to offer this model knowing today's market and volatile economy? Right, I mean, ideally, everyone should have a goal of having no more than 30% of their true, income, true. you know, dedicated toward housing. But of course, that's extremely challenging in today's day and age. Mm -hmm. um, it's, I'll refer to our Habitat Classic mortgage model. And in that particular model, uh, an applicant family would pay no down payment. Mm -hmm. They would pay a geared to income mortgage payment. Uh, with zero interest. And Habitat Hamilton holds the mortgage. Okay. So uh, when they run into some trouble, um, take for example a, a global pandemic, when they may not be able to work or when costs are rising, we can flex that mortgage payment up and down within limits um, so that they can afford to put food on the table and, and clothes on, on their backs and make sure they can go out and have a healthy and successful life. So um, holding the mortgage is the key in, in that particular mortgage model so that we can ensure that you know, we can keep it at the 30% or less. Very good. So what would be the most challenging uh, component of all this? Is it the, the financing or finding the land for the, for the project? Like, which one do you think? You're going to make me pick, are I'm you? going to make you pick one. It's a, make it work for this question here. Mm. So I would comment that right now our, our biggest challenge is land. Yeah. Um, land's at a premium. Um, you know, and we, we look at all sorts of options, you know, from greenfield development, which is very expensive to purchase, to brownfield, which is expensive to remediate. You know, we look at maybe we'll buy houses and knock them down, right? Again, very expensive and maybe doesn't drive the density. Um, so finding land is, is probably one of the greatest challenges so that we can set ourselves up. There's a long development timeline. So be the, between the time you 
purchase a piece of land till you're actually getting a shovel in the ground. It's a long time frame. So we're relying more and more on partnerships, partnerships with city housing so that we can do repairs and keep people active and engaged and still deliver on our mission while we're developing land. You know, partners like Waterfront Shores for the Pier 8 build, partners like New Horizon Development Group are going to step up and help us build two homes in the beach community. So uh, that's how we mitigate that piece. But there's a long list of challenges, so that's just one yeah, on the top you're, of the you're list. You're so right. I mean, it's you know based on the huge need for housing, right, and, mm -hmm. uh, and, the, and the way the family household incomes are, are shrinking and things like that, and all the other variables that are, play a part. Collaboration, what I'm hearing from you, is, is huge. I mean, you know, it's going to require all levels of government, especially the municipalities, you know, the change in mentality of, 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 of buying vacant land to organizations like Habitat for Humanity and other social businesses that are in the housing market. They need to make more land available so we can do these projects and and gnaw away at the uh, at the wait list and you know people waiting for such opportunities right to get in, to have a home. So I always end uh, my program by asking my guests what would be the one final message that Sean would like to leave with our viewers. And I think you know one final message that you feel hits home. So what I would say is that. You know, everyone has a connection to a hospital. Someone in their family gets sick. Uh, everyone, or many of us, have uh, a connection to an educational institution or something like that. But a lot of folks, and in particular, maybe the affluent folks, don't necessarily have a connection to affordable housing, to housing instabilities, and all the the challenges that that generates. Um, having a safe and decent place to live you know knowing that you'll you don't you won't be evicted leads to a better life right it leads to better educational outcomes for kids it leads to you know better employment employment stability um, it leads to uh, better physical and mental health you know the UN has said it's a, a social determinant of health so while you may not recognize that you know, um, housing is impacting you or your family or your business. In fact, it does, because if you can keep people out of hospitals, keep people off the street, keep them from, you know, to the best of your ability from mental health struggles, you're building a better community, right? You're building a healthier community. You're driving uh, uh, um, the economy, right? Helping to create jobs. So it's a snowball effect. So. You know, um, I would encourage uh, anybody who has an interest in serving their community to consider uh, contributing to Habitat, you know, be it uh, donations of, of product or donations of, of money or, or donations of time. Even if you're not skilled, you know, call us up and say that you'd like to be involved and we'll, we'll see where there's a fit. We do lots of things with a lot of different people and sometimes people reach out and say, I'd like to do this. And we say, well, that's a great idea. Let's Good. figure out how to do it. Yeah, let's do it, eh? Yeah. Well, I'll definitely mention this again about supporting your organization in my closing, closing comments. And, uh, you know, you're so right. Everybody, every Canadian deserves, has, you know, the right to have a roof over their head, right? And, and what I like about Habitat for Humanity is that you're doing your part. You know, whether it's a big part or a small part, you're doing your big part to get that done, right? So I commend you and your organization. I know that it's an international organization. You're everywhere. Right, so people, it doesn't matter what province you live in, what community, reach out to, uh, to your organization. And uh, you'll do the best 
right? Best Absolutely. Can, right? So thank you for being on our Thanks show. Thanks so much, Lino. I really enjoyed talking to you. It's a great organization, and I can feel your passion, Sean. So thank you. you. Well, as my mom had said to you guys earlier, um, it's nice not to worry about the tub falling through the floor, for example. It's nice not to smell mold like we did in the trailer we were living in beforehand. And there was a lot of leaks in the roof and stuff sometimes and window leaking and yeah, it was, it got pretty bad. My neighbor called me on the phone and told me that she reached out to Habitat to try and uh, get uh, us approved for a house because where we were living in it was just not ideal conditions and we were just trying to tar and feather the place to try and keep it livable and yeah <laughs> it's uh it's uh it's been quite a journey well <laughs> i'm shelby murray and uh i live here in salisbury west new brunswick and uh, i live in this home that was built by habitat for humanity i've been living there since december 2016. gosh i love it it's uh it's very peaceful very cozy but I will tell you one thing when I first moved here it was a crazy mix of emotions like it was like I was excited I was really happy but I was also scared I guess I was just anxious to be in the house and check it out and just wonder what's everything gonna feel like what's everything gonna sound like and maybe a little sad too because I had lived in that trailer for 16 years and you know, I never, I knew there was some problems, but I never realized the full scope of how bad they were. The broader scope of it was much worse than I realized. And, and now that we got a nice house, I can, for example, have my worker over to help me cook food and stuff instead of having to go all the way to the office kitchen in town. It was a pretty overwhelming process. Like there was different fundraisers going on, like even at my church and so many people took part, and, and to think when we had the ceremony here, there must have been like 40 people here, all gathered in the kitchen, living room, and other parts of the house. It's just like, wow. And then, and then to think, here's this quiet, cuddly little place to call home. Gosh, I love it. We're just so grateful for Habitat's help, but we couldn't have done it without their help. My goodness. I just want to say thank you to uh, all the donors that have uh, reached out and supported this wonderful cause. Uh, keep doing what you're doing if you can, because there's lots of families uh, like mine that could really use a good place to call home. So keep it up, folks. Keep doing what you're doing. We have come to the end of today's program. I would like to thank Sean Ferris for appearing as my guest today and providing us with an opportunity to learn so much about Habitat for Humanity. I am certain every person who has listened to Sean's talk will agree that Habitat for Humanity has a valued place in any community. They are certainly passionate about their work and are committed to their core values. Habitat for Humanity is absolutely correct when they state on their website, we must build more, build faster, and build now. Sure enough, the work of all our guest social organizations are doing 
to assist, improve, and better the lives of individuals within our vulnerable population, especially those with disabilities, is so vital to a caring and engaged community. I've learned from meeting many of the people behind these social businesses, like Sean Ferris. They care about the people they serve as. They are passionate about their work. I hope you have found today's program very interesting. I'm certain Habitat for Humanity would love to have your support, financial, materials, and volunteering your ex expertise. We'll post their contact information on our website, cribwithtalks.com. If you would like to view this webcast and any of our previous webcasts, they are all posted on our website, cribwolftalks.com. You can also key in the two words, Cribwolf Talks, on YouTube, and you can watch our episodes on your TV, Halton, Kojigo's community channel, covering local news and productions in the Burlington, Oakville, and Milton areas. If you're doing great things in a community that improve the quality of life for those within our vulnerable population and wish to share your message on a future webcast, write to us at info at cribwolftalks.com. Remember, those within our vulnerable population need our help. Affecting change is warranted, especially when it enriches people's lives. My name is Lino Farah. Thank you for watching Cribwolf Talks. Be well and stay safe.